Part three, chapter twenty of Quo Vadis, a tale of the time of Nero. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Quo Vadis by Henrik Sienkiewicz, translated by Benyon and Malevsky. Part three, chapter twenty. The drama entitled Aureolus was usually performed in theatres or amphitheatres so arranged that they could open and present, as it were, two separate stages. But after the spectacle in Caesar's gardens this device was discarded, for in this case it was essential that the greatest number of spectators could enjoy the death of a crucified slave who is devoured by a bear. In the theatre the role of the bear was played by an actor sewed up in a bearskin, but this time a real bear was to appear upon the scene. This was a new device of Tigellinus. At first Caesar announced that he would not come, but at the urgent request of his favorite he changed his mind. Tigellinus convinced him that after what had happened in the gardens he ought to show himself to the people, and at the same time assured him that the crucified slave would not abuse him as had Crispus. The people were becoming sated and tired of bloodshed. Consequently a new distribution of lottery tickets and gifts was announced, as well as a banquet, for the performance was to be given at night in a brilliantly illuminated amphitheatre. By dusk the whole building was packed. The Augustales, with Tigellinus at their head, came in a body, not so much for the sake of the performers, as to show their devotion to Caesar and their opinion of Chilo, about whom all Rome was talking. It was rumored that Caesar, after his return from the gardens, had fallen into a frenzy and could not sleep, that fears and strange apparitions tormented him, in consequence of which he announced the next morning that he would soon depart for Achaea but others denied this and expressed an opinion that Caesar would now be all the more relentless against the Christians. Cowards also were not lacking, who predicted that the accusation which Chilo had flung into Caesar's face might have the worst possible consequences. Finally there were others who, through humanity, petitioned Tigellinus to stop further persecution. "'Behold what is happening,' said Barcus Soranus. "'Thou wished to satisfy the anger of the people and to convince them that the guilty were being punished, but the result is just the opposite.' "'That is true,' added Antisius Verus. "'All now whisper to one another that the Christians are innocent. If that be cleverness, then Chilo was right in saying that thy brains would not fill an acorn's cup.' Tigellinus turned to them and said, Marcus Soranus, people also whisper that thy daughter Servilia screened her Christian slaves from the justice of Caesar. The same thing they say also of thy wife Antistius. That is false, exclaimed Barcus in alarm. Thy divorced women, said Antistius Verus, with equal alarm, wish to ruin my wife because they are envious of her virtue. But others talked of Chilo what is the matter with him said eprius marcellus he himself delivered the christians into the hands of tigellinus from a beggar he became wealthy it was possible for him to live out his days in peace to have a grand funeral and a fine tomb but now what has happened all at once he chooses to lose everything and ruin himself without doubt he must be mad he is not mad but he has become a christian said tigellinus impossible said vitellius have i not said remarked vestinius that ye may butcher christians but ye cannot war against their deity it is no joking matter see what is taking place i did not set rome on fire but should caesar permit me i should immediately sacrifice a hecatomb to the christian god and all should do the same thing because i repeat it is no joking matter remember what i have said 
and i said something else said petronius tigellinus laughed at me when i asserted that the christians were arming but now i say more they are conquering how is that what do you mean asked a number of voices by pollux if such a man as chilo could not resist them who can if you think that after every spectacle the numbers of christians do not increase then you had better become potters or barbers for you will then find out what people think and what is going on in the city he speaks the truth by the holy garment of diana cried vestinius but barcus turned to petronius and said what is thy conclusion i conclude where thou didst begin there has been enough of bloodshed tigellinus looked at him scornfully and said nay a little more if thy head does not suffice thee thou hast another on thy cane retorted petronius the arrival of caesar interrupted the conversation caesar took his place with pythagoras next to him the performance of aureolus began immediately but nobody paid much attention to it for the minds of the audience were fixed on chilo the people tired of torture and blood began to hiss and to shout out uncomplimentary remarks and to call for the bear scene which was the only thing they cared to see had it not been for the promised gifts and the hope of seeing chilo the show would not have held the crowd at length the looked-for moment came the circus servants first brought in a wooden cross low enough to allow the bear standing on his hind legs to reach the breast of the victim then two men dragged in chilo for as the bones in his legs were broken he could not walk he was nailed to the cross so quickly that the curious augustales had not a good look at him and only after the cross had been fixed in the place prepared for it did all eyes gain a view of the victim but few could recognize chilo in this naked old man after the tortures which tigellinus had inflicted not a drop of blood remained in his face and only on his beard was to be seen a red spot caused by the blood after his tongue had been torn out it was almost impossible to see his bones through the transparent skin he seemed to have grown much older also his eyes formerly had cast glances filled with malice and ill-will his face had before reflected alarm and uncertainty but now though it had an expression of pain it was calm and serene as the faces of the sleeping or the dead perhaps he was comforted by the memory of the crucified thief whom christ forgave or perhaps he said in his soul to the merciful god o oh lord i bit like a venomous worm but all my life i was unfortunate i was hungry but people trampled upon me beat me and jeered at me i was poor and very unhappy and now they put me to torture and i am hanging on a cross but thou o oh merciful one will not reject me in the hour of my death evidently peace came to his penitent heart no one laughed for in this crucified man there was something pathetic he seemed so old so defenceless so feeble and his humility invited compassion so that each one asked himself why men should be crucified and nailed to crosses who would soon die in any case the crowd was silent among the praetorians vestinius looking to right and left whispered in a frightened voice see how they die others were looking for the bear and wishing a speedy end to the spectacle the bear appeared at last in the arena and swaying his drooping head from side to side he looked about as if seeking for something when he saw the cross with the naked body upon it he approached and stood on his hind legs 
after a moment he dropped down and sitting beneath the cross began to growl as if in his heart there were pity for this poor remnant of a man the servants of the circus urged on the bear with cries but the people were silent meanwhile chilo raised his head slowly and looked at the audience for some time at last his eyes rested somewhere among the highest tiers of the amphitheatre his breast began to heave and then appeared something which caused wonder and astonishment his face lighted with a smile a ray of light seemed to encircle his forehead his eyes were raised and two great tears rolled down his cheeks suddenly he expired and at the same moment a man's voice rang out from under the awning peace to the martyrs in the amphitheatre deep silence reigned end of part 3 chapter 20